Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Schoolhouse Rocks, a podcast. We're very excited to discuss our topic for today, which is a really important initiative we have in our physical education department uh, here in Roxbury, and it's really been spearheaded by Stu Mason and his team in the athletic department in partnership with ABLE, um, also known as ABLE in Action. And it's a really amazing partnership for how we can enhance physical education instruction for students of all ability levels and all interests. So I'm going to invite my guests to introduce themselves and then we're going to talk a little bit about the program as well as how we are going to partner as a school district with them to really enhance the opportunities that we can provide our students in physical education instruction. So let's go around the room and introduce ourselves. Hello, this is Stuart Mason, Supervisor of Health and Physical Education and Director of Athletics for Roxbury High School. I'm Scott Holdman. I'm with Able in Action. Kim Platson, President of Able in Action. Uh, Nate Hendrickson, an Able Educator. Leslie Free. An ABLE educator. Kathy Clath, sales consultant. And I'm Dave Monaco, health and phys ed teacher at the high school. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the program, the initiative, where it came from, as well as what the partnership's going to look like. So we're really excited because our partnership is brand new, in fact, two days old. Um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about what the last two days have looked like here at Roxbury High School because it's been super exciting. So before we get any further, I'm going to invite Mr. Mason. So you kind of got this ball rolling. How'd you find out about ABLE and what in encouraged you to really integrate our schools with this partnership so we can enhance our instructional program? Well, we're really excited to be a flagship school for, for ABLE. This was really a natural fit for us uh, as we were looking to develop uh, our unified program. Uh, we received an email from the Jets uh, talking about uh, this great program uh, that Connor McGovern, a center for the New York Jets, was behind coming from the state of North Dakota and that they were looking to branch out into New Jersey. The more I read about the program, the more and more excited I got about how it could really help help us here at Roxbury High School. So for years, health and physical education has been marginalized. Uh, and of course, here at Roxbury, we understood the importance of uh, a strong physical education program and the role it plays. But unfortunately, the, the recent health crisis with COVID uh, brought forth the, the importance of personal wellness, uh, all the recent research on how physical education benefits people not just in being physically fit, but in, in mentally strong and can even help their academics and help them uh, perform. And of course, so the goal for us here at Roxbury is to make all of our students physically literate so that they can leave long, happy lives. We have a good program that supports our competitive students, uh, and we have a program that we feel is really geared towards our students that look to get uh, their motivation from independently working out, but we were lo really looking for an opportunity to reach all of our all of our students because all the students deserve the opportunity to have those things I just mentioned. Uh, so a unified program was something we were talking about in, in some way to involve inclusive instruction. ABLE really checked every single box uh, on that. Uh, and when I spoke with one of our teachers, Mr. Monaco, about it, he got really excited as well. All right, so I want to take that as an opportunity to pass it to you, Mr. Monaco. Talk to us a little bit about some history, too. Don't just talk about your role um, with your colleagues about uh, developing, developing a partnership with ABLE. Go back in history a little bit. I know that you and your colleagues have worked really hard to make the physical education program in Roxbury High School in particular, but it, throughout the whole school district, one that really meets the needs of a variety of learners and really does break down that 
very old school mentality that Mr. Mason referred to of gym class um, and really embraces the idea of lifelong fitness, the importance of reaching all students and ensuring that every youngster has the potential to meet with success and become fitter, physically literate. So talk about that before you really dive into the attraction to Abel. Sure. Um, so yeah, we have a lot to offer here at Roxbury and we're really proud of the different programs that we have. Um, from the different options that the kids have after their freshman year, they're able to join into a high-performance phys ed class, which is taking the the, the gym tryhard, so to speak, and uh, they're really joining together, and they're reaching out to the community and helping in different ways, and uh, they're working out at a higher level. Um, so that's really great for our, our, our higher-level phys ed cl- uh, kids, and they're getting honors credit to do that as well. And then we have the wellness aspect of it. It's called the wellness class, which some of the kids don't really enjoy doing sports anymore. So they get to, uh, we kind of have it almost like a personal fitness class where they go into the classroom and they learn about the different parts of fitness and health and nutrition and why they're working out and the different muscles. So that's a great aspect of it. And then you have your general phys ed, which every single class we do 15 minutes of fitness, talking about nutrition, talking about um, their body and how to exercise more. And now we're adding this part into it, which is the ABLE program. And I've taught the adapted phys ed class for a bunch of years. And we were trying to figure out different ways that we can get more peer-to-peer action going on. So we were looking in the unified, and we were going to do that. And then Mr. Mason presented me the idea of bringing this program from North, North Dakota uh, called ABLE. So we were really excited to, to add that into the mix with uh, the unified and the other things that we've done over the couple of years. All right, so here we go, Abel. Let's let's hear about Abel in action and Abel in schools. Uh, Mr. Mason talked about Connor McGovern, who is the center for the Jets, really being kind of the the impetus for establishing this relationship. And he and I had a chance to talk about the history of Abel as well as the idea that helped him become interested in developing these partnerships with schools. And here's what he had to say. So started off, um, I started working out with, uh, with people with special needs um, in college. Uh, Mitch Morris. Uh, one of my best friends in the Center for the Bills. Um, he has a special needs brother. And so he got involved with the Special Olympics in Missouri. I went out, I helped those athletes in a, a powerlifting competition. I was absolutely blown away. Like the amount, the, the ability and the, uh, the strength and, the, and everything with those athletes just absolutely blew me away. And I was like, more people need to know how awesome and capable these athletes are. So Kim, it just kind of fate, how the world work out, worked out. Kim came to me as a family friend, was like, hey, you know, would you have any interest in working with TNT? I was like, I'd love to. So then her and I brainstormed on how I could help TNT in their mission. We came with ABLE Games, which is a fitness competition um, for ABLE and, and ABLE-bodied and, and people with special needs to come and, and compete on the same floor, um, give people with special needs an outlet uh, to compete under the bright lights that um, you know everybody in school gets to do with football and basketball and all that kind of stuff that they might not always be able to do. So. Um, and fitness is, is, you know, you can always adapt it to anybody's ability. You can, you can take a, like an, a movement like an overhead press, and you can bring it down to just raising your hands above your head or lifting them up to your, to your waist for reps, and that's you know, accomplishing the same um, you know, muscle groups, but it can be adapted for anybody. And then, so then people were, you know, we were kind of wondering, like, how can we get these athletes that are competing give them kind of tr- you know training and help all year and then we realized that you know the physical fitness aspect and, and PE aspect of it you know PE can be more than just playing kickball and dodgeball and that kind of stuff you can take it to that whole new level of physical fitness and 
and other things. And so that's kind of how it got into Able in schools. And um, it's been working really well on the team at TNT, Kim and her. And now the, um, the, the Able team has done such a phenomenal job. And, and you know, schools like Roxbury and you, and you guys allowing us to come in and, and host events has helped so much. All right, so... He's also fortunate to have a real great cadre of colleagues to work with as uh, we're promoting Able in action. So share with us a little bit about your role in Able. Uh, I got to see some really amazing things, not only from a training perspective of how you worked with our staff as well as some of the partner schools. Uh, we're fortunate to work with Wayne Public Schools, and they were also a part of this partnership today for our student training. But yesterday we had staff training, and then today, what an amazing day out on the turf. Um, Connor was able to join us. We were able to have lots of students smiling, laughing, and really engaging in physical activities at their level where they were all able to meet with success. Mr. Monaco hit the nail on the head with one of the most important aspects, which is that peer-to-peer -peer relationship. How are our students working with one another, fostering success, and really developing that climate where everybody has the potential to really enjoy their learning experience? So tell us a little bit more about ABLE and that partnership with schools. So the partnership with the school, um, uh, we as a nonprofit, we, we've had the opportunity to focus on individual ability across all spectrums, um, from babies all the way to individuals in their, in their geriatric stage of life. So that allows us to see the potential and or the sequence of opportunity as they develop in throughout the years, um, allowing us to deconstruct and understand where development starts and where it's going to uh, eventually go to, wherever they're at on that spectrum. And so we just want to help support schools, recognize the current level of ability, um, and uh, to be able to create an opportunity of success for each individual uh, for, for what their contribution can be. Now, the other aspect is over the years, we've seen a significant um, influence of peers. And we as the instructors um, and in the educational fields, when you bring in a peer, it naturally creates a different social uh, relationship that brings out the best in both, in, both individuals um, within that partnership. And uh, we just want to be able to support the educators, um, the students, uh, and bo both spectrums of students um, to create a, uh, a safe and success successful repetition for skill development, physical, cognitive, social, emotional skill. All right, so it was really easy to see your ability to motivate not only the students, but the staff, which is really interesting because I think that takes a unique combination of skills. Uh, educators generally get into this business because they have that ability to connect with students and their voice resonates with them. But to be able to shift gears and really motivate staff, encourage students to partner with one another was something that we were able to see today. So let's go back one day. What sort of things happened yesterday in the training? What sort of conversations did you have um, as you talked about specifically your program, um, the curriculum design, the, str the strategies for instruction, what sort of things happened yesterday during that training that you really felt had a, a, the ability to contribute so positively to what was a great event today? So I think the biggest thing, the passion of the educators that were, that were here over the past couple of days was just incredible. And it's our job to celebrate you and what you guys do, PE or phys ed, um, is that essential skill, like like Stu was saying, and um, just being able to highlight and bring to life all the great things that you already do. Um, ABLE is a program that is just an extra tool for your toolbox and a way to look at skills in a different way that breaking down the deconstruction, um, how you present yourself as a facilitator, and then being able to look at different aspects of the environment that you're working in. 
um, to see the joy, see the smiles on the faces like we did at Able to Move. And even during the day yesterday, um, the demonstrations, we were able to see that joy and maybe even a little discomfort for some of the peers right away. And then through specific interactions that were done, the specific um, cues for social skills, you saw that relationship starting to bud with you know, peers that had just met each other for just that hour. It was great to see. And that's the power of ABLE. I, I really want to emphasize what you said before we go to the next point, which is those social cues. So much of learning um, gets caught up in the idea that it's about content. It's about learning stuff. Um, and we, as educators, too frequently miss the value of just the social interaction, the ability for peers to connect with one another, to support one another. And I think that's really what led to so many smiles today. And, and you said it. I mean, the kids were having such a great time on the on the turf today, and so were the grownups, <laughs> right? Um, you know, the there was a lot of fun from everyone, but the the ability to learn and um, really embrace the idea of the growth of social skills was something that was an, an important piece of today. Um, and I think it goes far beyond the curricular learning. That becomes the the, the pieces that build towards a happy and successful adult life. Um, it's also one of the things, while it's, in my opinion, underappreciated, that a real comprehensive physical education program can, avi- can provide any student of any ability is that ability, as Mr. Mason kind of started us off with, to embrace growth towards lifelong fitness, the ability to recognize that there is a place in a healthy living lifestyle for anybody, regardless of your prior experiences, your prior skill set. Uh, everybody doesn't need to be catching a touchdown or hitting a home run to be successful and feel really validated by sport. So let's take that piece and really move towards the overall mission of ABLE. I think that you guys are a natural partner for us. Um, it really matches nicely with not only, although our focus here is on physical education instruction, but some things our school district has done to really try to um, recognize and a- adapt a program that meets the needs of a variety of learners. So let's talk about how ABLE and your overall vision really does partner really well with our school districts. Tell us a little bit more about your organization. Yeah, I'm going to break down five core components of ABLE, and I think that will help the listeners um, really get a picture for what this program is on a mission to do. Um, the first of five is that PE is essential. As Stu mentioned, um, I think that we potentially as a society has undervalued how important physical movement is and we haven't prioritized it. And that physical education or phys ed um, teachers, it's more than a class where you move your bodies. It's a way to transform your life. Um, If you're facing a mental health challenge, if you're facing an emotional challenge, one of the best things you can do is get physically more healthy. And so PE is essential, and it is one of the most important classes we talk a lot about steam. We should also add fizz on the end, maybe P at the end. So steam <laughs> is um, incredibly... The, a silent P. The, the silent, silent P. P is, is over, it's overlooked and it's time that we prioritize it because that's how we get better at all the other subjects. If you're more attentive, if you're more tuned in, if you're healthier, you're going to perform better, whatever the challenge put in front of you is. So one is PE is essential. All right, so I got to jump in before uh, we go much further. Little known fact, but it's something that Mr. Mason has definitely pushed in our district is there is a significant and continuously growing body of research that suggests and supports precisely what you just said, that physical activity supports learning. Um, lots of schools really embrace that. I think it's something that we try to do. We can probably continue to grow in that aspect, but there is research that supports that. That's not just something physical educators or people who believe in fitness as an important part of their life say. There's research to back it up. 
Furthermore, as you say that phys ed is essential, it's actually the only subject area in the state of New Jersey that is required for a specific amount of time beginning in first grade, right? So we teach reading, we teach math, we teach writing, and those pieces are, are important. But it is important to note that um, physical education is so important. It's actually the only instructional area that has a requirement for instructional time. Sorry, go ahead. We're on number two. Well, it's really, you know, just one more point on number one is that if you've got any other challenge that's happening, behavior, social, emotional, you know, we go to all these other interventions or responses, and perhaps that's the first one we should start with. You know, um, this is all about the gauge of health. And so phys ed is essential. That's number one. Component number two is that uh, the ABLE curriculum allows adaptation for all. Um, so your educators are top notch. I mean, here at Roxbury, it's inspiring to watch what your staff is doing. And it is second to none. Um, and so your staff just could use some more tools, as Leslie indicated to you, to help implement this goal of can we make phys ed um, where everybody can participate. So for years, what, we, what we've done is we've isolated and marginalized those that are not physically capable. And so we separate them, and that further creates isolation, that creates further distance in the student body, that's, that actually increases the chance that people are going to move inward rather than outward with their social and emotional challenges. And so this concept of, you know, ad, of adjusting or adapting for all is that we have created a curriculum through experts like Leslie and Nate that are in the room today to create a way that educators can get some tools to facilitate making a way that everybody can participate, not just do the same activity. I mean, like each person has a way to level up. Whatever your ability is, there's a next level for you. So the curriculum gives you tools to help assess where somebody is at and then give them their path forward, whether if you're a high achieving honors uh, phys ed participant or if, if you're um, in a physically bound wheelchair, um, there is a path for you to improve in phys ed. And I think that idea that there's always, you just said everyone can level up, really resonates with best practices in education across the board, right? And really just a healthy mindset towards life, which is there's always room for growth. There's always room for reflection. We can continuously get better, right? It's the reason, you know, actors, actresses, singers, athletes, you know, some of the people that we look up to, you know, because they're in popular media, they're continuing to get to try things and get better, right? It, that's something that's important for anybody, right? How do you get better? That idea that anybody can level up. I really like that, that way of phrasing it. That's awesome. Yeah, and then uh, number three, so the first one is we have phys ed is essential. Next is we're adapting for all. Uh, the third then is peer-to-peer. -peer. And so uh, just like we now know how important physical education is, we got a lot of issues that are um, stemming from uh, people not having healthy social relationships. And so peer-to-peer, -peer, if, um, if anybody had the privilege of, of examining what Leslie and Kim and the staff did yesterday, is that you saw honor students uh, in phys ed being paired with those that were in wheelchairs and were physically not anywhere close to the achievement level, if you were, uh, of those honors. And then we put them together, and then a whole new level of kindness and humanity was unlocked right in front of us. And you started to see, you know, uh, honor student cheering on somebody in a wheelchair and vice versa. And I can tell you, even for a high performing athlete, I think it takes you to a whole. It's one thing to have your peer next to you yelling, saying, do your reps. 
I mean, imagine a kid uh, in a wheelchair or with cerebral palsy just yelling your name, cheering for you. It unlocks a different kind of humanity that we're all designed to be, which is that we are meant to be connected. And there's a whole body of research telling us that this is, of course, and just like Stu indicated that COVID brought out how important movement is, COVID also brought out how important social relationships are. In fact, you will live longer if you've got good friends around you. So a bullying can be reduced. Um, people that normally would never interact in the hallways can start giving each other high fives. Those that are typically more introverted, particularly if they're marginalized because of a physical impairment or a, or a challenge, are now you know integrated because they're competing at their level with somebody else at a different level supporting one another. And and I think the point you make there at the end is really important in particularly as it pertains to social norms that are kind of evolving is that we'd love for this to contribute to that kind of deconstruction of the social hierarchy of high school that we all remember, right? It, it impacted all of our lives. You were in that social hierarchy somewhere. Um, and it's relatively unnecessary, right? It doesn't really, in, in most instances, contribute something positive to the school environment. Rather, it kind of contributes to what you had suggested there, which is this this um, disparate kind of breaking apart of the the social groups of the school. This is a really great vehicle to bring kids together and really allow ever others to see that. Right? Sometimes someone who may not have the initiative or the in, the courage to be the actor to break down that social hierarchy, seeing someone that they look up to or someone they admire uh, or someone they they want they want to become friends with, watching them contribute to that deconstruction and the the equilibrium of the social hierarchy, I think really help will encourage others, which is really exciting. Yeah. And then all of this, you know, the curriculum that, that educators get, which are units of education that give them ways to adapt um, activities so everybody can participate. Um, there's another level. So after peer to peer, what is added is the level of competition. And Kim will talk in a little bit, the founder of this whole movement. And Kim has done a, a wonderful job of saying, we have to put a competition element into it, but in a new frame. The competition is you against yourself leveling up and you've got a peer partner moving forward. Well, this turns it on to a whole different level because you're not just merely doing the exercises and even supporting each other. You're doing the exercises to compete in your own lane. It's a different form of competition because you're leveling up against yourself, but you've got a, a peer helping you to get to the next level. And so this is um, what we call gamification, and it's part of the curriculum that will be coming out. Well, this starts to get people to move into another dimension of what's possible. Not only so that the, so the social and emotional elements help you with your self-esteem, how you feel about yourself. But when you start moving forward to another level, that helps your self-efficacy, your belief that you can accomplish something. And so now we have higher self-esteem, we've got better fitness, we've got better peers, and we're leading to higher self-efficacy because we're gamifying this opportunity that fitness is fun and that getting to the next level of wherever you are at is also enjoyable. And I think that contributes to something else that's really a growing movement in education, which is this breakdown of um, competition between students. And one of the things that I, I know concerns parents in particular is like, well, in the real world, which I, I pause there because this is students' real world, right? Like I know that we envision the real world for students is the thing they go to after they leave high school and they're grown up, but this is their real world. And so, you know, that mindset that in, real, in the real world, you need to compete with other people. And so what you're talking about is really great because that it, it 
it kind of breaks away from the idea that I have to compete against someone else. Rather, I'm still getting that spirit of competition with that future-oriented mindset by making myself better than I was yesterday or better than I was five minutes ago. So we're still teaching competition. We're still teaching growth, but it doesn't have to be at the expense of someone else, right? Which is what the typical competition mindset is. Like, I have to beat you. I have to, no, I just have to be better than I was five minutes ago. And sometimes that's through the encouragement of a peer. Sometimes that's through just a more concerted effort to get better. But I like the idea, and I think that resonates with a lot of people who are concerned about the elimination of competitions in the, like, everyone gets a trophy mindset. Like, no, that's not what we're saying here. You just don't have to break someone else down to make yourself better. Yeah, that's absolutely because essentially everybody is established with the baseline. And so once you, it's like you can only be as good as you are at the moment. And the whole point of competition is to get better than you are at the moment. <clears throat> And so you're not removing competition. In fact, you're enhancing it because it's appropriate challenge to get you to the next level. We like to say that it's about leveling up, not one up. And so we've just changed the entire paradigm of how people will think about competition because competition is there to get to the next level, to learn all the things that we have to learn in life. So the real world, I'm glad that you brought that up. So everybody listening, you better press in your AirPods for this one. This is a serious note because this is the fifth element is that everything we just discussed, this idea that phys ed is essential, that we adapt for all, that it's peer-to-peer, and that it's competition through gamification, is the last element is that everything we've talked about is actually built on vocation is fundamental. It's foundational to all of these things we're doing, especially if you take kids that are in a special needs class. If you can't physically move really well, there's a lot of jobs you can't do that you could get. So kids are not getting jobs that they could be gainfully employed at because they're not physically fit enough to do them. We do have an obesity epidemic. We've got serious health issues because people are not healthy enough. So we're going to move, right? Also, if you can't regulate your emotional system, um, especially if you've got a lot of challenges in that area, you're less likely to be gainfully employed. If you don't know how to work with others, this also diminishes your chance of, of employment, right? So all of these things that we've just discussed are all actually built on leading towards vocation. We also don't explore with kids, especially if they have special needs, until much later in their, their career, more towards the end of high school, rather than when they are younger, where they can start to map out what my abilities are or what my abilities need to be with growth of skills in order to find gainful employment. So this is all built on vocation, which is the real world, which is the ultimate goal of what we're trying to get at is all of this leads to people having healthier lives. Well, and so I think those five pillars uh, for ABLE really do align nicely with the vision of not only our school district, but I'd like to hope most school districts. And I think that's a really great summary of why it. Although we've found each other, you know, it really are, it seems to be natural partners. So, Kim, tell us about, about the history. I mean, as, as one of the, you know, founding people, and I know that you were really great to get us rolling. Tell us about what you've seen the last couple of days as it matches with your five pillars, what you've seen from our students, our staff. I mean, we have great teachers. Uh, you know, I really appreciate that you guys acknowledging that. I think so. Um, I'm also, you know, a community member here, so I'm fortunate to work alongside these folks, not only as the people who are working with my own children, but as colleagues. And so I'm really proud to, to that other people recognize um, the real talented staff I'm fortunate to work alongside. So talk to us about that partnership. Well, first of all, um, it's been, um, these last few days have really um, melded into Unlocking Potential, which is what is, our mission is all about. And um, the vision 18 years ago really started with Connor McGovern's um, family and his aunt and uncle and, and um, designing um, 
an organization that was inclusive from the very beginning. And we didn't have to change the way we were because we started with how will we integrate children with special needs? How do we give them opportunities to be in a recreational type setting? That's where we started 18 years ago. Um, when Connor um, went into the NFL, um, we, we kind of tracked him. He was a North Dakota kid, right? And we're all proud of of, of product that comes out of our state. And um, as I started to follow him, learned that he had a real big passion about special needs. And we were kind of thinking, wow, would this be a great partnership? And so as much as I thought it was great that we had a partnership with our community with special needs competing against special needs um, in a kind of a modified CrossFit type of competition, he came in and just really, like Scott says, uses word leveled up, said, hey, I want them to compete with every athlete. Like, no matter how good you are, if you're elite to the person in the wheelchair, let's have them compete side to side because that is what our communities are about. That is where we really want to grow. And so we took that mindset and we took our model. And I want to just shout out the ABLE team. I mean, Kathy, Leslie, Nate, um, Scott, myself, um, Mike here, who is helping us with setting up things as well. Um, They stepped into these last two days and it felt like we've known you guys forever. I mean, there was like this buy-in, right? And when you have that buy-in, you can move mountains. And that's, I think, what Connor saw in us. He's like, this, this organization understands where I want to go, and we're gonna, I'm going to help you. And for three years, he's been helping us understand what it is that vision can look like, and then been fundraising and helping us raise dollars to make this a scalable program across the United States and global. That is our very broad vision. And um, I knew I was going to hit it off with Stu from the beginning because he was went to went. I think he went to school in Minot, North Dakota, and and that's where we kind of started. Like, whoa, we got some connections that's here. Right, that's right. And um, that truly to see your team have the skill sets they already have. We are just really going to be supportive. Let's start putting things together. Let's let's integrate into the community. And one of the things that ABLE allows us to understand is we do not put limitations on kids. Your staff quickly understood, oh, they have expectations. Why would we change our mindset with any population? Everybody has expectations. This curriculum is scalable. So if your scalable is your ability in each in the gamification world or even in the learning plans in the, in the day-to-day PE or phys ed, I'm going to be better today than I was yesterday, and I'm able to track that. And what that does is not only give that student peer-to-peer and their, um, their teammate, they're looking at, wow, they have ability I didn't see, but aren't we really coming out with peer-to-peer saying, why wouldn't I work with them in a, in, a, in, a, in a job? Why wouldn't that parent think they would be employable? Why wouldn't we start scaling? And that's where um, we really understood by having your vocation people here yesterday, they totally understood how Phi Ed was the driver. It hits every element that makes us who we are. And if we can get that ecosystem in K through 12, and we start getting parents and, and students with special needs understanding at an earlier level that they are workforce, they are scalable, they're just like us. I would never be able to do what I do without my team. I have these breakdowns, right? I, I'm not th- that level on everything that I do. And that's 
real. And we teach that through peer-to-peer. We work with each other just like you do. That is what I loved about what Connor McGovern gave us the opportunity to grow upon. And that's what we live each day. And we're just going to teach it in a way that every learner matters. And that's who we are. Well, and I, I think, um, not to for a shameless self-plug here, but um, we also just recorded an episode about neurodiversity. And one of the points of emphasis there was that um, a variety of skill sets and abilities makes a team richer and much more successful. You know, just like Connor and his teammates with a big win over the Bills last night, um, you know, if everyone on that team was the center or everyone on the team was a wide receiver, they probably would not meet with the same level of success. Um, and so any team looks like that, you know. Um, so having even workforce teams, school teams, learning teams, no matter how you want to slice it, Teams are more successful with a diverse set of skills, a diverse set of abilities, a diverse set of ideas. It just makes the team richer and much more successful. So we've talked a couple of times about the curriculum. If you're a school district and you're listening to this or you work in a school district, you know someone in another school district, and you're thinking, wow, that's something that we could enhance our learning uh, program, our opportunities for our students with. What would they do? I mean, I'm going to give them one option. They can call us. We're happy to talk about how great you all have been to work with. And really, you know, we're happy to share anything we have, anything we do as students, because we believe, you know, in Roxbury here, we want we want to contribute to the growth and improvement of every student, you know, um, regardless of whether those students live here or not. So we're happy to share anything. But there's more than just sharing, right? How, how could a school district hook up with you guys? How could a school district start to implement what you guys offer? Yes. Um, so to be able to reach out, um, I'm um, available at uh, Kathy at ableinaction.org. They can email me. Um, also um, on our website, ableinaction.org, I encourage you to reach out um, on the web and uh, like our page. Our information is on there. Also, all of our um, pricing options, uh, what's available to you, our story, our background, uh, what Connor's been doing for our organization, um, that's all on there. So that's a great resource. Um, We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're on all the social uh, handles. So, um, But as far as sales directly or questions about um, the curriculum, reach out to me at Kathy at ableinaction.org. All right. Awesome. Well, listen, I think this is um, its a super exciting opportunity for us. We're just getting started. I think we're going to be able to achieve amazing things as partners. Um, you guys have a great team. I think we have a great team. Um, our teachers, our educators, Mr. Mason, really have a great forward vision for what physical education could and should be. I think we're well on our way. And I think what uh, ABLE is able to offer, uh, unintended, I guess, <laughs> pun there, um, really will be the piece that really closes that loop for our program. And I'm, I'm really excited. The five pillars that you talked about that are cornerstones of your organization are really things we believe in as a school district. And so we couldn't be more excited to partner with you guys. Connor was amazing with the kids today. He's going to, I'm looking forward to him being a great partner for us too. He was um, really just engaging with every student. It was just fun to watch uh, how he interacted with the students, the way he encouraged them as well. And it was an opportunity for them to to look up to somebody. You know, I, I think everyone really in, enjoyed in, interacting with the folks from your organization as well as Connor. And we look forward to the, the next steps and really making this something special. So I want to thank everyone for being here. Mr. Mason, Mr. Monaco, representing Roxbury uh, so well as you always do. Um, and thanks for, for our, our friends at ABLE. And here's to the future and an amazing partnership. Thanks for listening, everybody.